there will always be accusers. And we are to be pure before God. That's our number one responsibility. The way I say it is, he has a problem. I'm not going to let his problem be my problem. I don't say it out loud. I say it to me. She has a problem. I'm not going to let her problem be my problem. Be clear. You are precious to God. He has a perfect will for you. And if people don't understand it, then they have a problem. Don't let their problem be your problem. When you set a boundary, then enforce the consequences when that boundary is broken, you can expect people to push back. This can be hard, and it can be really easy to give in, to let go of that boundary, let things go back to the way they were. Today on Hope for the Heart, Juna gives us a new perspective for standing firm and doing what's right, regardless of the reaction of others. She begins by sharing a phone conversation, which first aired on her nighttime radio program, Hope in the Night. I do calls Monday through Friday, and here's someone who is uh, in turmoil because of accusations about a boundary. I think this could be helpful. Two different people just within the last month have questioned that I profess to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. What happened? I had a roommate that was um, alcoholic. I knew she was alcoholic when she moved into my home. I have had problems in the past, and I tried to just put that in the past and turn the other cheek. And then when I found out I just couldn't live with that, I asked her to leave, which mm -hmm. she didn't do. And then I asked her to leave again, and she didn't do it. She had passed out, and I went and woke her up and told her that I needed to take her somewhere. I took my house keys and P.O. box keys off of her keychain and then asked her where she wanted to go. She was very upset and told me that I wasn't a Christian. And Anyway, she told me where to take her, and then we had about a good month of her battering me on that a good Christian wouldn't do this. Then I had it happen again. I hired somebody to build a fence for me, and it was very, very unsafe. I had never turned anybody in for anything. And when I turned him into the Better Business Bureau, he also said that that wasn't a Christian thing to do. I have all my life been commanded to believe that no matter how ugly a situation is, that you just forget it and you turn the other cheek. I guess I want to know how many times you have to turn it, and I just really lost here. I know that God knows my heart and where I'm coming from, and I would like for that to be enough, that there's this yeah. horrible word, should. But there's this horrible word, should. Two different people, with just in the last month, have questioned that I profess to be a Christian. They're saying, you're not a Christian. Now, what's happening here? I would call it manipulation by the people she's associating with. Manipulation is what? Trying to influence someone to do what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. It is either unfair, it's underhanded, like under the table, trying to get someone to do something, especially to their own advantage. It's not putting everything up on the table. Let's look at it logically. It's emotionally driven. That's part of the tactic. Why does manipulation even happen? What would you say? I would say it's because um, they want to shift the blame. Shift the blame. I call it the blame game. If I'm irresponsible, but if I can get the spotlight off me and blame me for something else, then the spotlight is off me. 
and maybe I can now still get you to do what I want you to do. She said that horrible word should. Why do you think she would call should a horrible word? Guilt. I think the person is trying to make her feel guilty. Trying to make her feel guilt. Yeah, you should do this. Judgmental people, that's hard. And sometimes people have perceptions and they're not accurate. Can you make everybody think accurately? Did Jesus make everybody think accurately? No. Sometimes, and this was hard for me, at one time I kept thinking I had to keep explaining. And then I found out that doesn't work. Some people will not hear. She's not allowing them to have their way. She has a boundary, it sounds like. But do you hear how uncomfortable she is with this? Sometimes it is hard. We'll find out more about her. Just to explain to you, when I do this, I'm just on a fishing expedition. I'm trying to figure out, God, what do you want her to hear? At times, I'm not sure where we're going, I can promise you. And I typically ask quite a few questions to see if I can figure out what the real situation is. Because many times there are things underneath that haven't been expressed or they're not obvious. So we'll go on with our friend here. I'm assuming that you asked him to make this right. Oh, yes, ma'am. And yes, so ma you appealed to him. Yes, ma'am. And he did not come through. So he did not fulfill his contract. No, ma'am. We live in a civilized society where people are to do what they say they will do, especially when they take money for it and that's a business. There is nothing inappropriate turning him into the Better Business Bureau when there's supposed to be a fulfillment of the expectation. If you built it, it doesn't work, and you can't get either a return of your money or a fixing of it. That it's, is not wrong. It's not my mind understands that. I'm having trouble with my heart believing that, and I don't want to go to court and have this brought up. No, what, wait, what, what about the court? When I told him I had turned him into the Better Business Bureau, he said that he was taking me to court. Hmm. She doesn't want to go to court? By the way, is there anything that you can think of biblically where there's a civil issue. This isn't a family issue. It's not a church issue. It's a civil issue. Any thought that you would have? Let's say you now are talking to her on the line. Was there anybody in the Bible who was making civil assessments? Mm-hmm. Moses. He was day and night trying to determine right and wrong with the people. They would line up, you know, hundreds of people. And his father-in-law came to him and said, you are wearing yourself out. You need what? A civil system of multiple people, all kinds of people. And it was a, a system of certain numbers of people, thousands of people here, hundreds of people, people over people to help with these disputes. So this is not unbiblical. Now, she was concerned about taking something the Better Business Bureau, reporting that someone does not come through 
with what they say they're going to do, and she's not taking this man to court anyway, is she? She's just reporting to help communicate to other people if somebody was in her situation, would this be a reputable person? She needs to hear that there's nothing wrong with this course of action. I think she's questioning, though. She knows in her head she said this is right, but somehow she still is not at peace. She's feeling a sense of guilt because of what's been saying. Is every time that we feel guilty, is it true guilt? No, it can be what? False guilt. False guilt. Let's go on with this call. Now I'm going to have to go to the court and have it made public. Does he say that you did not call him or anything like that? Yes, ma'am. He stood in my home today and told me that I did not tell him such and such, which I did. Mm -hmm. So I just told him that when he took me to court that it would be up to the judge to decide what was reasonable. That's good. That's reasonable. It'll be up to the judge. That's exactly what Moses had ultimately instated for the Jewish people that he was leading. We'll go on. God put forth the civil authorities. Moses was overworked. Bottom line, there was a system of justice set up to help with all kinds of disputes. That's biblical. I don't want you having false guilt. Likewise, your roommate, now is this an apartment, a house? I live in a home. I had met her when I lived in an apartment. We were friends, and I needed a roommate. I've never allowed anybody in my home to smoke or drink or cuss or Mm -hmm. dishonor God in Mm -hmm. any way. Mm -hmm. And I chose to allow her to come and live in my home. Did you articulate this is unacceptable? Yes, ma'am. There is a sign posted on my front door, so nobody can misunderstand my boundary. Okay, and what does it say? It says that our home has been blessed by God more than once. Mm -hmm. Please no smoking, drinking, cussing, or dishonoring God in any way. Okay, you have that prerogative, and that's clear, and, you know, it's your home. Those are your boundaries. If it is your home... Yes, ma'am. ...then you do the house rules. I was in a home recently, and everybody has to take off their shoes mm-hmm. when they come in. It's a white carpet. I didn't really want to take off my shoes, but those are house rules. I accept that. When you go into someone else's home, it's the prerogative of the owner. Don't let somebody put false guilt onto you. Jesus had boundaries. There were times when he went apart, and his disciples wanted him to stay Instead, he left. He did not always do what the disciples wanted him to do. But he was God. I'm not. (laughs) Okay, Jesus was God, but he was also human, a man. Are boundaries something that only God can have? No, he gives us the ten what? Commandments. They are given to us by God with the expectation that we would choose to obey them. Life is a series of choices. Some people will choose to obey boundaries. Some people will choose to exceed the boundary and take advantage of people and hurt people. So if Jesus Christ had boundaries, do you think there's a possibility, based on what you heard these rules were that she had already posted, do you think that she would want to be Christ-like? If you're Christ-like 
and Christ had boundaries, then it's not wrong for you to have boundaries. By the way, you understand there are times when people grew up in painful homes where there were no boundaries. You're not allowed to have it. There's abuse. And so it can be very confusing when a person is like a little butterfly, there's the cocoon, and trying to get out of the cocoon, it can feel very unnatural. So we need to learn to set boundaries that are appropriate in line with God's will. You're listening to Hope for the Heart with June Hunt. She'll be back in just a minute with more from this phone conversation. This call first aired on June's nighttime program, Hope in the Night. If you'd like to talk with June on the air, give us a call, 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. Now let's return to June as she has an important question for this caller. Do you want to be Christ-like? I try to walk his walk. Okay, if you're going to be Christ-like, that means that there will be boundaries that you will have just as there were boundaries that Christ had. See, you will need to have boundaries. I just keep going back to that horrible command that no matter how ugly it is, you just forget and turn the other cheek. Was it difficult when you were young to have a boundary? Were you allowed to say no where you felt good about being able to say no? No, ma'am. You weren't allowed to do anything. You did what you were told to do no matter what it was. Yeah, And that's what abusive people count on that weakness that will keep you from taking the right kind of stand. Uh, It came weakness to a point of programming. Programming. Where should your mind go if you hear that? What might that be? It could be satanic ritual abuse. And it is horrible what is done. I know people who have experienced abuse I'm talking about satanic ritual abuse. And there are masters of programming to get children, typically at very, very young ages, to do all kinds of things. And they are very lurid and sexual and wrong. So if she grew up in that environment, if that's what she's saying, do you understand how hard it would be for her to have boundaries? She's trying so hard to do what's right You can hear she has set boundaries, but what do you do when people come against your boundaries? She needs to be affirmed. She needs to be told that what she's doing is right. There's nothing that I've heard that she has done is wrong. It is important that we listen to what is the need. You're going to have people cross your life, and that's why we listen to these calls, because these are real people. I don't know what they'll initially say. But we've got to understand there is a super strictness and abuse of rules where typically it's like some kind of cult influence and she needs to be affirmed that it's right for her to say no to people because she was not allowed that in her childhood. So let's go on. So you were programmed almost like a cult for a while, yes. What actually happened way back then? I'm not real sure. I was about 30 when I realized that there were repressed things that had happened. Mm -hmm. The satanic part was probably from the age of six to nine. So Um, you were a victim of satanic ritualistic abuse? Yes. Okay. That's where I can remember this starting, and I think it continued because I didn't know any better. That's right. Nobody in my family knew about the uh, satanic part. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I am really embarrassed to say this, but I got very angry with God instead of the people that had done these things. That is not uncommon. Were you sexually abused? Yes. Okay. Yeah, let, let's cult understand. And at home. She said, in the cult, she was sexually abused, and then also at home. And they were different. Okay. In the cult, it was much different. In the cult, it was done as a sacrifice. Like, a, were you a breeder? Well, I was too young, but that's what I was being prepared for. Prepared for. Okay. My heart goes out to you because there was this sense of absolute powerlessness. As a child, you are powerless in that situation. You were violated in such a way. You're right. You weren't allowed to say no. At that time, I didn't know that that was even a possibility to think it. Right. So do you realize what she's doing is amazingly strong? If you have for years not had an ability to say no, and if you did, there was a horrible price to pay, to get to where she is now is really highly commendable. She needs to know that she is on the right road. She is yielded to the Lord. And even though people are saying one thing against her, Jesus had a lot of people saying things against him. And we just have to know that there will always be critics. There will always be accusers. And we are to be pure before God. That's our number one responsibility. The way I say it is, he has a problem. I'm not going to let his problem be my problem. I don't say it out loud. I say it to me. She has a problem. I'm not going to let her problem be my problem. Be clear, you are precious to God. He has a perfect will for you. And if people don't understand it, then they have a problem. Don't let their problem be your problem. You be right before God. Hold to what he tells you to do. Let's go on. Thank God. He obviously has made himself so known to you and that you have a relationship with him, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I, I have no doubt of that. Right. I'm sensing that. When you are powerless and there is real abuse, once you begin to come out of that and your eyes are opened, then you look at circumstances and you think, oh, I was powerless and I don't want to be powerless again. The part that is appropriate in terms of a boundary, it is actually a loving thing that you do when you do not let people abuse you. You've allowed somebody to come into your home, a roommate who is doing very inappropriate things. When there is a boundary for that to be abused, it is not right for you to just give in. This is different from you saying, I am going to turn the other cheek. What you're doing is saying, no, for your own sake. You saying this to this other woman, the alcoholic, this is not healthy for you to continue in this lifestyle. She doesn't know what healthy is. I understand that. But you enabling her to continue on this way as though there was nothing wrong, you're not being a loving person to her. No, ma'am. The police came Mm -hmm. and took her out of my home tonight. Mm -hmm. As she left here, she was telling me that that wasn't a Christian thing for me to do. But that's that's her judgment call. But do you think she was really in a position to judge? What is at issue here is what is true guilt and what is false guilt? 
you having a boundary is appropriate. You operated with a healthy boundary. To continue on with someone who is getting drunk and exhibiting an alcoholic lifestyle is not appropriate in your home. What you established and you communicated to her is appropriate. One of the things that we can get into is rescuing people from changing. Proverbs 19.19 says, A hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. If you rescue him, you will have to do it again. You see, there are principles in the Word of God that says, No, don't rescue someone. It's not going to do any good. They need to face the consequences of their negative behavior. I really believe that. So don't assume that you're guilty. Don't feel guilty when you have allowed this roommate to experience the consequences of her being out of control. And this man, you did go the extra mile in terms of contacting him. So you are not guilty. Understand, when you turn the other cheek, it is a choice that you make because you believe it is right. I would say permitting someone to stay in your home who's an alcoholic, you're encouraging them to be abusive, and that is not healthy. You've done the right thing. Helpful insight from God's Word. June will be back in just a minute here on Hope for the Heart. If you have questions about what you heard today, whether it's about boundaries or living with and loving an alcoholic, call and talk with someone in our Hope Care Center. The number is 800-488-HOPE. And our new Keys for Living series includes a guidebook about boundaries. Empower your life, enhance your relationships, and enrich your walk with God. You can get a digital download of this practical guide or order the hard copy at hopefortheheart.org. Again, hopefortheheart.org. And now here's June with a final word about boundaries. As much as you may try, you can't be everything to everyone, much less to any one person. Healthy relationships begin with realizing who you are and choosing what you will do regarding the people God brings into your life. Even Jesus established boundaries for his relationships. He also set boundaries on his actions, which we read about in the fifth chapter of John. This is Jesus speaking about himself. The Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Just like Jesus, there will be times when saying no to people means you are saying yes to God. Saying no to people means we're saying yes to God. That's a great perspective that I hadn't thought of before. Here at Hope for the Hearts, we know that life has been different, but we also know that a pandemic or political and societal unrest can't cancel God's work, and it can't stop us from sharing His hope with others. Listen to this. Do you have a heart for people who are hurting and broken? You want to throw them a lifeline, but sometimes you just don't know how. Lifeline to Hope is a brand new, one-of-its-kind caregiver training designed just for you. Using video-based instruction from leading experts, plus relevant case studies and interactive exercises, you can discover how to effectively provide support, encouragement, and spiritual care. The ultimate goal is to connect lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. 
This 10-week Lifeline to Hope program can train and deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church and community. Be the person in your church that brings together caregivers to become better equipped to meet the hurting. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. lifelinetohope.org. Can you imagine what your church and community might look like with Lifeline to Hope caregivers? For more about this caregiver training, go to lifelinetohope.org. For daily access to biblical hope and practical help, join us on Facebook. June Hunt has her own page, and there's a page for Hope for the Heart. For June Hunt, I'm Joe Wolf. As we sign off today, remember that there is hope no matter the circumstance. Join us tomorrow for more about this hope right here on Hope for the Heart. Hope for the Heart.